Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything is going well for you today, sir. A week out from Memorial Weekend. Yeah, uh, it's starting to feel like summertime, too. I don't know where you are, but temperatures have been uh, in the 70s. Uh, it is, it is uh, not, I don't know if it's officially summer, but it's it's getting there. It's getting close. Isn't it next weekend we kind of have, it's either next weekend or the weekend in June. That we have the actual first day of summer, I think, or whatever I think you're it is, probably but, right. Yes, but it, I go by how it feels, and it feels pretty good. I hope it stays this way. You know. Yeah, me too. A um, lot of things happening in our country. A lot of things that uh, make you want to cry sometimes. Uh, have you been watching the whistleblowers uh, speaking at uh, the House in front of the committee? Uh, I haven't watched it. On, I don't watch that much TV, but I do get it on the internet. Of course, you get a tainted version, but. You know, uh, one get, thing that's gone on since the Durham report mm-hmm. is, you know, if you look at the news cycle, and I had something to say about that later on the show, but everything has always been an attack on Trump. You know, they want to sit there and do that. They want to show you they're in charge. And the Durham report has dotted the I's and crossed the T's for the general public and media. You did it. You did it to yourself. What that's done is shown everybody that there has been corruption in uh, government Mm -hmm. agencies, the news media, everything involved has been all left Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. You can't trust them. And that what it's doing is it's, even though you see negative headlines still, it's empowering Trump. So the more they talk and the more they throw, we know he gets. Yeah. Because there's a, we know that there's a, a majority of it is BS so what can you believe when they, you know, it's like Chicken Little. Think the about this. The sky is falling. The sky is how, falling. How long ago was it the January 6th committee, that phony January 6th committee? That was what, six months ago? Maybe. Well, it's been over that. They, yeah. Well, you know, six months ago, the media was going bananas over Liz Cheney and the January 6th committee, and everybody who was paying attention realized that everything that they were presenting was nonsense. It was half-truths, or it was blatant lies. But we didn't get anything that was truthful. Well, now we have a different sheriff in town. We have uh, the majority in the hands of the Republicans, and uh, they have other committees going on, and they're getting far less coverage, by the way. The uh, the testimony yesterday with the whistleblowers, mm-hmm. it hardly got any attention from mainstream media. It got attention from Fox and from Newsmax and a few of those outlets, but I, I don't even know whether it was covered on uh, on CNN or MSNBC. And it was probably one of the most uh, insightful, important conferences you'll ever see on television. They had these whistleblowers from the FBI, uh, guys like uh, Garrett O'Boyle and uh, Marcus Allen and Steve Friend. These are guys who literally... Uh, put their careers and their lives on the line to try to bring the truth about what's going on in the FBI to the public so that it would make a better FBI. They didn't do it to destroy the FBI. They did it to clean the the, the vile out of the FBI, clean the corruptness, uh, corruption out of the FBI. And, and I, you know- they did a hell of a job, too. Yeah, and one of the uh, FBI informants, a whistleblower, you know, and probably more than one because a lot of them got taken out of their positions and, you know, given the boot and hit the street on their, their 
Torkus, you know. And uh, but what they've done, like one of the guys ended up homeless. Well, listen, you know, think about Ga- it. They take away your livelihood. Boom. This is Garrett you know? O'Boyle. This is a guy. Yeah, listen, it's him. Listen to this. He he suddenly gets transferred. This is how I I I got it. He suddenly gets a transfer, so he says to his wife, "We have to move." They pack up everything into trucks and they move out to their new location. When they get to the new location, I mean, like the day they get to the new location and he gets out there with his family, they haven't got the stuff off the truck. He gets word that he's suspended. He's under suspension. He has to turn in his badge and his gun. Now he can't get another job. He can't go out and get a loan. He can't do anything. His stuff is on a truck, and they won't unpack his stuff. He ha- and he has a house that he can't pay for because mm-hmm. he's not getting paid by its unpaid suspension, and he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Why? Because he vowed to uh, to tell the truth about what was happening at the FBI. And the higher-ups who found out about what he was doing decided they were going to make an example out of him. Well, by mm-hmm. making an example out of him, they crushed his family, too. They but don't they, care. They didn't give a damn. Yeah, I'm looking for a story on uh, Elon Musk with Soros because somebody actually explained exactly his. he's got a formula that he goes by. And apparently uh, they call it the three-act strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first act, uh, the approach. He makes a cryptic comment about a target. Then the wall, uh, then the, um, the walls for the reaction. The second act is to attack. Now, uh, in this phase, uh, he repeatedly hits his target, aiming to uh, stagger uh, it and uh, force it to uh, throw in the towel. This is Soros. Yeah, this is Soros. If he gets criticized, uh, he hits more, uh, hits him more and harder. So, in other words, you know, punch, 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 you know, and he does that. Now, in the third act, he walks away because he figures the damage has been done, uh, the adversary has been weakened, and he knows that you can come back and do it again. What so does that sound like to you? It sounds like what they're trying to do with Trump. They mm-hmm. keep hitting with these different charges, these different uh, allegations. And they keep staggering him, hit him, hit him, hit him. You know, Mar-a-Lago, the charges in New York. They just throw crap on him. And then finally they think, okay, he's he's down, you know, so they walk away. But if he comes up again, they go back to Act 1, and they, they go Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. It's a three-stage thing where, you know, they measure you. They, they hit you with a barrage of BS. And then, you know, they, and, and plus, he's letting you know that he has all the media. He has everything. And that's one thing the Durham report has shown. And now they're finding old reports and stuff where the, the FBI has buried reports, like going back to the Clinton administration, mm-hmm. that they were, they were peddling influence to, to a big, big, big scale. And Hillary was guilty as hell, and so was Bill. But wow. we covered it up. So... You know, I'm I'm getting this picture. You know, there's a class in our society. I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, but there's, there's a class in our society that seems to be untouchable. There are people who can do anything, and yet they don't get charged. And this is what 
has got to stop. And we have the, the Hillary Clintons of the world who, I mean, it was just proven with the Durham report that she was instrumental in the whole Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The That vile PP tape about, you know, when they said that... Uh, it was the, made up. Yeah, it was made up. It was a yeah. vile, disgusting lie. Well, that, and that's what they do. They come up with these incredible stories and... They throw it out there. They don't have to have any basis. It's hearsay and rumor, but people go by the sensationalism. Hell, like I said about the Clintons, there yeah. were four investigations shut down by the FBI. Not, nah, not going to look at it. And the, all the evidence was there. They, he would have been impeached and in prison now, and so would she. So when Trump was saying lock her up, you know, they used to be good friends. Trump knew the dirt. Yeah. And he knows the dirt. But... And that I think that's what frustrates him. And they're sitting there, they're doing this attack on him and trying to throw all this bad on him. But, you know, he's been able to stand. How long he can stand, I don't know. But that is the thing. But now people are getting the picture. Let me tell you about the mistakes that Trump made in his first term. In his first term, he he was too nice a guy. Now, people say, what are you, Trump? No, he really was. You know, for example, with Hillary Clinton, uh, at one point, they said, "Do you want to put her in jail?" And I can remember he his response was, "Nah, oh yeah, I don't want to put her in jail. No, that's you know, well, she's she's not a bad person. No, she is a bad person, and she's done some things that should should uh, land her in jail. I mean, it's been proven. I mean, let's go back to uh, was it Benghazi when oh, when when guys died because she pre- pretended it's not happening. Don't but send, you know you never don't hear send about the, the guys. We never hear about the loss of life and the innocent lives lost because, you know, they're what? What do they call that? Collateral, uh, collateral damage. damage. Yeah, yep. they're they're collateral. That which means, you you mean nothing to me, of and course. you never will. So who cares about you? That's Sweep how these. Away. Well, you know, when these people react this way and feel this way, I'm sure, because they don't believe in a god. I truly believe that a person like Hillary is probably. Uh, not even an agnostic. She probably just doesn't believe in God because she doesn't act like she does. She well, doesn't. she'll say she does and say things to get the religious center and right to sit there and go, oh, well, see, she is a Christian because, you know, Christians want to believe that people can't be that naive that no, they, you, you, you've got to look around and go, okay, this didn't just happen. Hey, life didn't just happen. Joe, Something had to be bigger. Joe Biden goes around and tells everybody that he's a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. But, you know, you have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And if you're walking the walk as a Catholic, you are pro-life. You believe in certain things that, right. he, that he doesn't believe in. As a matter of fact, he actively supports the opposition to those things. He's pro-choice. He's pro-abortion right up until the time the baby is born. I think he even... Didn't have a problem with what what that uh, uh, Virginia governor had suggested, where the baby could be born, made comfortable, then the parents and the doctor could decide what to do with the baby, and should they decide to dispose of it, well, they'll deal with it. Deal with it then. I mean, that's the guy we have in office right now who says that he's a Catholic, who says that he's a practicing devout Catholic. That's nonsense. That's these guys using faith as a political tool, period. 
period. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in faith. I mean, if this guy believed in a God, do you think he would believe that it's okay to be uh, selling uh, influence uh, to our country, being a traitor, essentially? Do you think they'd be... Because, you know, the Bidens and what Hunter and his the family have been doing overseas, that's what they've been doing. They've been selling influence because they don't make anything else. They, they're not a right. factory that makes uh, tires or auto parts or... The Bidens have nothing to offer other than influence, political influence, and that's illegal, and that means they should all be in jail for doing it, for making yeah, millions. Yeah, but you know, unless, unless you've got a text or you've got paper, you know, and a phone record, you can lie about what was talked about on that call. So, the, yeah, there's nothing tangible that you can feel, see, you know, touch or feel or see, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you know, it's just I have to make them a, telling you something. I have to send um, my commendation out, uh, my my applause out to uh, Glenn Beck. Because right. last night I watched his special. It was called The Reckoning. I watched it. And uh, it, it, it was, he did a magnificent job explaining the Biden crime family. And they, you know, Glenn is really good at the the chalkboard, you know, putting things on a board and Mm -hmm. making a diagram. And he made a a detailed diagram on who was involved and what their connection was and why it was corruption. And when you ended up watching this program, it was on Blaze TV. I'll give it uh, kudos to Blaze TV for doing it because nobody else would. Uh, When it was done, you just sat there with your mouth open and you wonder... Why are these people not in jail at this very moment? Because it's all out there. I mean, Hunter Biden has committed so many crimes that are that are prosecutable. Okay, that can be he can be charged with uh, soliciting prostitution. He can be charged with uh, the selling, buying, and selling of illegal drugs. I'm, and he's got proof because. He brags about it on his laptop. He's smoking mm-hmm. crack, which is against the law, and he's bragging about it. He's driving under the influence of, of cocaine and crack, and he brags about it on his laptop. And he was kicked out of the Navy because of all the drugs and everything. You know what else is on that laptop, and now they got Apparently, when they started looking at his bank records, he was paying for a phone, but it was a phone for his dad that is a private phone, so... Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about this phone that dad had, I guess, from his VP years up till he was president. So that means that dad had a source of communication that nobody knew about. So now I guess they got the phone. They're getting the records. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be interesting. Maybe, they've, uh, maybe they learned from Hillary how to bleach something, but maybe they haven't. And that'll be interesting to see what it tells. Let me ask you a question. What kind of parent, um, what kind of parent says to his drug addicted, sex addicted son, "Okay, I want you to be involved in the family business. I want you to travel with me overseas. I want you to to uh, be our point man in the organization, meaning the guy who goes out and solicits new business for our." influence peddling okay i want you to be in these situations with your you're surrounded by strangers you probably have prostitutes all over the place 
You may even have some illicit drugs that you'll be dealing with. We don't care because you use it now as it is. I mean, instead of saying to his son, look at, I love you and I'm going to take you and put you through rehab and the heck with the, the heck with the vice presidency, the, the heck with the, the presidency, I'm going to spend my time with you, my, my final years with you trying to make you a better man and a healthier man. No, Joe Biden and Jill knowingly took their drug-addicted son, their, their, their son who has so many issues, and uh, they put him, they allowed him to be in that environment. They allowed him to do these illicit things, and I'm sure uh, it made his problem even worse. Well, it makes me question Jill and Joe. Uh, a little bit too, not a little bit, a lot, because, you know, when you know somebody or if you were a former drug user, you know, whether you did it, uh, you know, what you call recreationally or you were hooked on the thing, when you're on it, you lose your inhibitions. You also uh, lose your perspective to where that perspective goes, well, I can't do this because it's illegal. And I, uh, all of a sudden, the boundaries are down. You, you've lost your inhibition. Right. And so is uh, the boundaries to the rules of life. Now, for them to sit there and accept their son, and I think you know where I'm going here, and I'm not going to imply it, but I'll imply it, but I'm not going to say it. But for them to accept it means that they have to have a little bit of loss of that perspective or inhibitions because you see pictures that if I had a picture of my kids standing there oh with sunglasses God. on posing in it, just a pair of underwear, you know, for all the world to see, and it's posted everywhere, I'd sit there and I'd say, we need to have a talk and shut the door behind you. Absolutely. And it would be that damn heart-to-heart talk. And I would sit there and go, now, look, I love you, but this isn't going to go on. Absolutely. You're going to get some help right now, or I'm going to have to, unfortunately, disown you what do you want to do? It's got to be your choice because they're not, they're not going to get You know what they help. call that, Bill? Tough. Hard love. Tough love. Yeah, tough love. Yeah, because, you know, when when you're just not going to have to they, – they're not going to get help unless they've sunk low enough to where they're hurting and they need your help. And, you know, and, and I would cut them loose and say, go off into the world if that's what you want to do. I'm here when you need me, but just remember, whatever you do, you are going to have to live with those consequences, and that's what you do. And it doesn't mean I'm a stranger to any of that stuff, but I'm just telling you right now, you know, I don't take drugs. Now, I, I can't tell you when I was younger I didn't try it, but I'm just saying I was responsible for my actions of anything that I ever did, just like somebody that drinks and decides to go have a toddy on the way home. When they get in that car after they had that toddy, you know, you kind of knew what was going on, and you knew, oh, I, I, I'm okay. I only had two drinks. Well, everybody's different, but you're responsible for your actions when you punch it through that light or something. Or, uh, you know, sadly, uh, there are people that take somebody out. Oh, uh, I only had one drink. Well, that one drink did it. Let's talk about what um, what's happened to Hunter the effect has had on this this uh, young man. If you look at pictures of Hunter Biden, as recently as five or six years ago, you saw a younger-looking, fresher-looking face. You saw bright eyes, even though he was in the midst of all this stuff. But he did look younger and better-looking and more together. You look at him now. You look at him. You look at him now, and he looks older, kind of disheveled. 
His hair is thinned out and grayish. Uh, his he he looks withered and worn and older than his days. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's because I believe the family hasn't hasn't acted like a family. They've acted like a a corrupt business organization. You know, he supposedly gave fifty percent of his earnings. And he said earnings. Fifty percent of the corrupt money they they brought in went to H, the big guy, the big guy. And at one point, he sent an, uh, a, mm. a letter to his kids. Hunter did, and said, uh, "When I'm uh, older, uh, I won't be taking fifty percent of your earnings like Papa uh, has." You know, mm. I mean, he was complaining in an email to his kids that he won't be taking money from them like their grandfather is from him. Now, sure, what Hunter doesn't realize is that he'd be making no money at all without the position uh, of his father. I mean, he's selling his father's position. So, but the the father is taking uh, all the graft he can a, as a result of it. You know, it, it, it's it's a corrupt and sad and sick family. But there, it would be a tragedy if it wasn't for the fact that they're selling our country out. They're selling well, out us. Yeah, they are. And has Hunter ever been repentful of anything that he's done or sorry or ashamed of it? No, he hasn't. That means that he hasn't addressed the fact that he is an addict and that he has a problem. And the fact that his parents haven't addressed it means that I'm not going to accuse them of of being into they're into illicit things to what you know depth of that. I don't know. But obviously they're in denial, too. Because they're crooks. Well, and the thing that gets me is the media. The media turns its back because the media isn't what it was at one time. It isn't neutral. It isn't out there to find out the facts. It's out there to promote a a, a storyline, you know, they're yeah. a narrative. Well, and- a lot of the people that are in the media, let's face it, you've been in the media. I've, I've been in the media for a while. How many How many hunters do we have in the business? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. No, there's no lie. Yeah, he probably met a lot lot of parties he went to, right? You're saying that a lot of the media. I'm sitting there watching the TV, and I can kind of look and go, "Uh uh-huh, I I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Because, you know, once once on, you know, over there, you kind of, well, you don't kind of, you know. The the Democrats probably had the best best parties in Washington. And so uh, that's why they they worked with the Hollywood elite. Come on, put, you know, do the math. Two plus two equals what? Uh, It's amazing. Uh, This is all happening as we sit patiently on the sidelines for something honest and just to happen. We are praying every day that justice prevails and we get our country back. I don't think I still I'm still of the belief as much as I love the guy as much as I think he'll be uh what this country needs I don't think that the deep state is going to let Donald Trump win honestly. You know, he does act like uh, we got to get the vote out and just overwhelm them and that may be true to a certain extent but you know, these people are the kind of people that close down the polls at midnight and then say they'll reopen them in the morning and find out how many votes has he had by half a million. Fine. Get us 600,000 uh, blank ballots here and we'll we'll uh, we'll take the lead by 5 a.m. Well, yeah, the big mistake that they made on that last election. Yeah, because there were people like me that were, you know, considered the election important. So you sat there. 
you know, beyond, you know, logic to go, well, I'm going to stay up and see, right. you know, if anything comes in. And I was right. Something did come in about one something in the morning. Yeah. And I sat there and I said, well, there's no way that Trump is going to lose this because he is so, what the hell just happened there? What? You know, and all of a yeah. sudden, yeah, I know. you know, I know, I know, I know exactly you know, what you're saying. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, like just a dump of a million votes. Well, not yep. exactly that number, but, you know, it was close, you know, come in and just totally change everything. I'm going, that's impossible. You know I mean, it's I not impossible over time, but it all at once, they should have had the network shut off, but they, they didn't. They had poll watchers out in Philadelphia, poll watchers outside. They wouldn't let them into the building. But they were outside looking through the glass. Do you remember this? They were looking yeah. through the gra- glass. So what did they do? About ten o'clock at night, they came up with cardboard and they covered from the inside the glass, so the poll watchers couldn't see what they were doing. They did this in Philadelphia, but nobody had to explain that. I mean, if it was an honest election, why did they close the the windows off to the public so they they couldn't see what was going on? Why was that so important? It's because they wheeled in. All these ballots that they had to feed into the system that were illegal uh, ballots, and nobody has paid any consequences for it. I mean, he was ahead right. by 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania when the counting stopped around 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. By the way, that was like the first time in the history of our country. Nobody's talking about this. It was like the first time that they stopped down in the counting and said they were going to resume the next day. You can't have an honest and fair election and have it on multiple days because that's where the corruption uh, comes comes into play. You can't do it. You have to have an honest one. You should be you vote on one day. You count them that night, and you have the results before you go to bed. That's how it's been for years in this country. But yet, in the last election in 2020, the last president, that was not the case. And nobody makes a big thing out of it. I would submit that if the roles were reversed, if it were the Republicans that did that and the Democrats were screwed, they would still be talking about it in in the headlines right now. They would be screaming and it would still be the top of the news. But now they want you to forget about it. It was a fair election. You're a, an election denier. They make that out to be like a, a mortal sin. Oh, He's an election denier. Can you believe that? Well, you know, think about Democrats. And when Trump won in 2016, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they were sitting there going, hey, it's rigged, collusion. Gee, I, I happen to recall a lot of celebrity Democrats, just Democrats in general, yeah. that bought into the, the story from the left, and they were, Election deniers. Yeah. <laughs> and now the Durham reports that you were wrong. Now, but but you got to investigate it, and it's your own damn investigation that proved that you were wrong. So if you are so right about this last election, let us actually investigate it. Maybe you're right, but I doubt it. There's nothing to see here. Just move along. <laughs> That's right. You are still sitting there going, no, the doors are barred. You can't come in and do this. Oh, no, that's going to, you know, I'm sorry, but you're going to break the machine when you go and count the ballots. How does that have to do anything with anything? You know, well, if you do a forensic, that that that, that corrupts the machine. It does this. It does every excuse in the world I've had. This is like, you know, when you're talking to a kid, you know, did you do your homework or 
you know, it's time to go to bed. You know, whatever yeah. it is, they got every excuse in the world. Well, Captain Kangaroo said, well, no, he didn't. You know, <laughs> come on. Hey, I got to I gotta play this cut. This is Harriet Hagerman. She is um, she's a, the lady who replaced Liz Cheney out in Wyoming. Thank God. What a breath of fresh air Harriet Hagerman is. Uh, and she did her opening comments uh, at the the whistleblower hearing yesterday, and I thought she was quite good. Listen. Five minutes. Thank you, Chairman Jordan. I want to thank our witnesses today for their service to our country, service which includes their willingness to provide protected disclosures to ensure that the federal government is held accountable for wrongdoing. We've heard their testimony, and my colleagues will ask more questions so we can further understand the wrongdoing they have exposed and the retaliation that they have now suffered. As this hearing gets underway, I want to focus on the cultural changes that have occurred within the FBI over the last 20-plus years, fundamental changes that have led to the political capture of our flagship law enforcement agencies, and with the Democrats using these agencies as their own personal political hacks. What happened that allowed for politicization to permeate every facet of the FBI? Well, there are many things, but I think we must focus on the information that was provided by retired FBI Special Agent Thomas Baker, who testified before the Select Subcommittee earlier this year. Mr. Baker explained <clears throat> that in the aftermath of 9-11, and upon being embarrassed by being scolded by President Bush for not being able to stop it from happening, then FBI Director Robert Mueller made the decision to fundamentally change the FBI from a law enforcement body to an intelligence-driven one. Such a redirection of the very purpose of the FBI resulted in centralizing its power in Washington, D.C., while placing less emphasis on the field offices. Changes that replaced agent executives in the headquarters with so-called professionals from the outside and stockpiling more and more power in D.C. and away from the country that it serves. 9-11 was a watershed moment for many reasons. It was a horrific terrorist attack on the shores of the United States of America. But our government's ultimate response is also tragic. And by targeting, by eventually finding a way to target not the terrorists, but American citizens, which is where the FBI and DOJ are at this point in time. Both the DOJ and the FBI, they've used the FISA court to obtain illegitimate surveillance authority. They've targeted political campaigns with which they disagree. They have created a Russia, Russia, Russia hoax to cripple a duly elected president. They have targeted Catholics for exercising their faith. They've targeted parents for wanting to protect their children. And the, what, so what we can say in short is that the eye of Soren has turned inward and it is burning with a white hot intensity, intensity that seeks to destroy everything in its path. What I think we can say is that as the DOJ and FBI have become more political, they have amassed more power. And as they have amassed more power, they have become more political. This is a vicious cycle that must be stopped. To be blunt, the leadership of the FBI and the DOJ are corrupt. I will name names. Christopher Wray and Mary Garland are corrupt. They know it, we know it, and the American people know it. 
Congress needs whistleblowers like you to so that we can conduct our oversight and correct course on these abusive federal agencies. And sadly, what we've already seen and what we will continue to see today is that the Democrats will not focus on the substance of what these brave men are exposing or engage in a discussion about how to protect our constitutional rights and institutions from the tyrants that are running these agencies. Instead, what we will see is that they will deflect, they will call the witnesses names, they will scream MAGA, an extremist at the top of their lungs, they will attempt to impugn your integrity, but make no mistake, they are simply trying to cover up the unforgivable and the indefensible which is the creation of a two-tiered justice system based on political beliefs and the corruption of our political elites. I encourage the American people to listen to these witnesses, to read the Durham report, to study what is happening with the FBI and the, and the DOJ, and to listen and to sift through the lies and recognize that this nonsense must stop or we're going to lose the greatest republic that's ever existed in the history of the world. Thank you for your willingness to come here. Thank you for willing, your willingness to stand on the wall. Thank you for your willingness to tell the truth about what these agencies are doing. America thanks you as well. And with that, I yield back. I mean, people should have gotten up and given her a round of applause. I thought that they was really should have. magnificent. Harriet Hagerman, the uh, conservative Republican uh, representative from Wyoming. What a wonderful you know, job. I was sitting here thinking, I remember when the Congress took over and, uh, you know, everyone was poo-pooing about, you know, McCarthy getting in and they, these Republicans don't know what they're doing in the election and all that. And then the media was sitting there going, ah, oh, see, they can't get their act together. Well, you know what? Since January, a lot of stuff has come to light now, hasn't it? It surely has. So they've done a lot of good and hopefully it's going to keep going that way. And uh, I, I think it will. But I, I do fear the election coming up next year. And not because I think the American public is going to go, ah, we've had enough of these Republicans. Let's do this. But I think the system, until it's taken down, and it's got to be taken down, you know, not fixed, taken mm -hmm. down and set back to the way it was, um, you know, it's going to be over, you know, starting in uh, – next November when you have the election, if we don't fix their fix, you know, that the, the they got going out there or the, the, the hijinks, I should say not, not their fix, but if we don't fix the hijinks, it's over. You know, what they're saying, a lot of people are saying is that uh, we need action now. Now. Yeah. Uh, we are hearing a lot of talk. We, we know there are a lot of criminals out there who've committed a lot of crimes. And, uh, I mean, you heard uh, Harriet Hageman mention two of them, Christopher Ray and, and Merrick Garland. But if they don't pay any consequence, and, and John Durham, that, that beautiful report, and everyone says it was so perfectly done, except he didn't, he didn't recommend indictments against uh, these people. He left it kind of up to us to figure it out at the end. And well, I think that's actually a, a good way because right now the American public sees, see, if they were told we're going to do this and that, they wouldn't have looked at it, you know, and the Democrats, they're going to do it. They're going to, they're going to poo poo it anyway, because they don't want you to actually read it and see it. They want you to listen to them because then if you would have done that, but 
I think there's enough dissenting voices out there that are going, no, find out for yourself. We're one of them. Well, it's, now, also, it's also what they said. I, I truly believe this, what I said yesterday about uh, you, you have charges, you have them filed in where? Washington. And Washington is probably the most corrupt uh, jurisdiction in the country. I mean, just about every judge is under the wing of the left. And so, so what are maybe, they? So what are you going to do if you present charges in their court? They're going to throw them out. You know, you you try to indict Hillary Clinton, for example, in Washington. She it'll get thrown out. You know. Well, why don't we sit there and just look at it? What it is? It's a war in society. So now we need to have war crime trials, and you can't have them in D.C. at the heart of where the corruption is from. Right. So let's go to Nebraska and have our political war crime. Uh, That's cri- what uh, Glenn Beck, for example, last night said. The local prosecutors, the mm-hmm. local prosecutors in the states, the local uh, district attorneys and attorneys general, they should be filing charges in their states. They Which is why it. Soros and the crew, they've been stacking judges. They want That's you to know. exactly right. They want you to know. Bravo, that- Bill. Very good. I'm going to give you a little check mark and a star. That's excellent. That yeah. is a Soros. He's, he's ahead of us. Soros has been thinking like five moves ahead of us. That is stage three. In other words, once he's hit you with the barrage, he backs up because he figures you're sitting there numb going, yep. and you know that he has everything in his pocket. He knows that. The guy spent well, $40 million on his lo- on these local elections. $40 million bucks. I think he spent more than what they publicize. I really do. And the, the, in the meantime, you and I are sitting around. Not, I mean, not you and I, but I mean the listener and I. We're sitting around going, oh, everything's fine. Ignoring the no, fact you, that it's not fine. He's, stealing our, he's stealing our country from us quietly in the background while we're not paying attention. And that's my question. Do we really think that come November of next year that anything is going to go our way? Or are they going to sit here and just keep this same Buffalo dance up that they're doing? And then when we get to the election, ah, you deniers, see? Mm. You lost again. We won. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Well, you know, I, I think I think if we don't do something quickly, uh, we're going to be in worse state, a uh, worse condition in 2024 than we are now. First of all, look, we got another two years of uh, of Joe Biden. God yeah, forbid. Look, yeah, I mean the 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 country is a shambles right now. Two more years, and it's going to be. It's we're going to be the hole will be dug. We'll be laying in it, and they're going to be kicking the dirt in over us. You know, um, Bill, I, he's I, got I, that. I played this yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And and we laughed at it because it's funny. But I want you to think about what uh, John Kennedy is saying here. Yeah, he does it with tongue in cheek, but he does have to get your attention. He's a very brilliant man. You oh. know, he has that kind of quirky voice. And yeah. he's from Louisiana, which you want to make fun of, but you know, he's got some little countryisms. That make you go, huh? And when you go, huh? You you understand what he's trying to tell you. So listen to him. American people may be poorer under President Biden, but they're not stupid. Uh, President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch among American voters. 
President Biden has mismanaged Congress. He's mismanaged COVID. He's mismanaged the border. He's mismanaged crime. He's mismanaged the spy balloon. He's mismanaged the economy. He's mismanaged fentanyl. And he's he's uh, forfeited our energy independence. I'll tell you what also scares me. Um, President Biden has another year and a half to discover new and innovative ways to suck. And it is a dangerous world out there. <laughs> it's so, so true. That was obviously on TikTok. That's um, that's John Kennedy. And someone, I think, added the uh, laugh track and the uh, music. But it was so apropos because it is funny, but yet it is honest. He listed all those things. That wasn't made up stuff, folks. Those were no. things that Joe Biden has done wrong to our country. Yeah. You know? And it's going to get worse. I can only imagine, you know, we got the G7 going on that she's gone to. Yeah, yeah. And who knows what he's going to stumble and say because he has no clue what's going to come out of his uh, mouth. No. I mean, it's as it's much obvious. Of, it's as much of a surprise to him as it is to us when he says yeah, it. Yeah, he probably like, wakes uh, up to go to the bathroom and hears or reads the story. Uh, I, said, I, 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 I said that? Oh, I, I, I don't remember that. But I know. Yeah, the guy is a... Uh, He's walking disaster, but he's yeah. criminal. He's criminal. What we're seeing here is we're seeing a, 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 essentially a political don, you know, Don Calione, a political don, uh, kind of lose it as he's getting older, but he's still a don. He's still a bad guy. He's still the leader of the crime family. Uh, that's what we have with our president. You know, you talk about uh, the G7 in Japan that's going mm. on right now. Uh, mm -hmm. They did a report yesterday. Rom Emanuel is our Japanese ambassador. Biden couldn't have picked another, a worse guy to be the ambassador to, to Japan. I mean, Rom Emanuel is a political hack, and he thinks of politics over country at all times. I mean, that's how he works, and that's how he's always been from the time he he entered the the political landscape. But would you believe he did, just like a day or two before Biden arrived in Japan, he did like a PSA, a, pu a public service message for Japanese television, and maybe it was a commercial, where he's promoting L the LGBTQ plus community in a, mm -hmm. in a country that, believe me, if you think we're... Uh, you know, we're difficult on LGBTQ uh, people here over over there. They are incredibly conservative when they come to, comes to their how they behave, you know, their social behavior. So this guy and, and the Japanese and everybody over there can't believe that he snuck his he added his two cents to the political uh, to the social landscape promoting. Uh, this lifestyle, be we have to be tolerant and all this stuff. And he he's standing in front of a pride uh, flag, and people were saying, "This is not America. You can't come over here to Japan and and foster your beliefs, promote your beliefs on our society." It's one thing to promote it in America. You're an American, and and it's accepted there. That's fine. But you don't come into our country and start trying to. Uh, change our beliefs and our values and and how we stand and they were they were kind of put a they, they were their nose was bent their nose was bent you know they were they were kind of put off by the fact that this ambassador 
would be doing this. And I heard someone say, you know, this guy's over there supposed to be working to better political relationships between countries. He's supposed to be over there trying to make things better for everybody in the U.S. with everybody in Japan, right? No, he's going over there to to spread his propaganda. I'm going to have to dig up a piece of audio, and I'm not going to go and try to explain everything on it, but it's a psychologist that, that studies stuff. When you mentioned the LGBTQ, XYZ, HDTV, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyway, when you try to explain that, he actually explained it very well and gave you the psychology of it Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's all a hoax and why it's a hoax and what they're doing with this. And uh, what's the guy? Pierce, uh, the British guy that uh, we all Uh, hate. Pierce uh, Morgan. Ron Morgan. Yeah, that's it. Uh, anyway, it was with him, and he, you know, even agreed with it because he's going, "What the hell's going on?" And there is an agenda, and so I, I would tell you right now, his reason to be appointed ambassador was not by chance; it was by a decision, a choice of the deep state. Oh, sure, to continue exactly oh, what yes. is going on and the manipulation of the young minds, and that's what it is. And now the state, now well, that, they, now that it's, the damage has been done, they're there to reinforce it, but they need to take the parent out of their role so they can finish the job. You and I have been around for a while, okay? And in, our, in my lifetime, uh, I, I have not seen a country where uh, maybe when I was a kid there was a stigma about being gay, okay? Maybe when I was a, a kid back in the 50s and early 60s, but then things started to change, and it changed for the better, and people started to be tolerant and acceptant of people's lifestyles. You believe this, fine. You, It's your life. As long as you're not hurting and infringing on me, you mm-hmm. live your life the way you want to live your life. That's your decision. And, and, you know, people, I thought we were through with this nonsense back in the late 90s. I thought we were through with racism. You know, everyone, that whole accusation about he's a racist. We, and we were. We, we were mm-hmm. up until about 2008 when Barack Obama came into office and, and he started to tear us all apart again. He started to divide us with racism. You know, all of a sudden, uh, racism was an issue. It hadn't been a terrible. We were getting better. We were a healing country. We were truly becoming each other's brothers again, you know. And then mm-hmm. then it wasn't politically expedient for the, the the left, the deep state, to let us be tolerant of each other. They wanted us divided. You know, divide and conquer. That term yeah. means something. So if they can have us going at each other's throats, you know, divide. All of a sudden, now there's LGBTQ+. Would someone please tell me what plus stands for? Does that mean odd infinitum, anything that comes along down the road that they can think of? You can just add it to the category? Yeah, it does, because you know what? You cannot divide and unite, but that's what they are making you believe that, you know, when we when we Boy, you know, crack true. open this divide, it's going to unite us. No, we were uniting. We were doing yes. what? Okay, take, let's just take a, a green thing here. Back in the 80s, it said, there's a hole in the ozone, and we got to do all this stuff. Well, yeah. guess what? You know, we did a few things, but things are reciprocal. They they go back in the cycle. Do you know there's no hole in the ozone now? That's why we're not talking about it. 
I know. You well, know, back, would, in the, back in the 70s, Bill, we were headed towards an ice age. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what. I've been freezing my uh, cojones off here, <laughs> that ice age. And I think, oh, what's that uh, What's that woolly uh, Woolly uh, mammoth. mammoth, yes, yes. I think I saw one, you know, in the grazing in the backyard. I think you're you right. Know, just, yes. Yeah, so I'm sitting there going, come on, guys. I saw it snowing so, in August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little snow in July here. I'm looking forward to... Uh, you know, a campsickle, no campfires, but a campsickle. No, you cannot divide and unite. That's why they you call know, it, you know, first it went to, as ice, you know, we're going towards global cooling. Then they figured that didn't work, so we were going toward a, a global heating, and then that didn't work. So then someone said, hey, look at, let's cover everything, climate change. Well, let me tell you what climate change is called in the broadcasting business. It's called weather. It's called mm-hmm. weather, and we give it to you in the broadcasting business at least two or three times an hour. You know, we're yes, always talking we got about your weather on the 20s. Exactly. We got your weather on the 8s. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it, it's 2020 weather. It's 2020 <laughs> news. It's 2020. You got you got uh, change for a 20? Yeah. Hey, um, I got to play another thing. I got to play Matt Gates. Matt Gates was uh, uh, wonderful yesterday at the uh, at the whistleblower hearing too. Listen, here's what he said. Mr. Allen, we just uh, astonishingly heard a Democrat on this committee question your allegiance to the United States. How many tours in Iraq did you do? I did two tours in Iraq, sir. And and for how many decades have you held a security clearance? Uh, For two decades, sir. Ever been called into question before? No, sir. And, And you also received the Employee of the Year Award for the Charlotte Field Office, is that right? That is correct, sir. Did you receive any medals during your service for the Marine Corps in the United States Navy? I did, sir. As a member of the Marine Corps, I received two, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal and a Navy Achievement Medal. Seems to me your allegiance to the United States is pretty well established over multiple decades, wearing the uniform, fighting for our country, and I am proud that you continue to fight for our country as a whistleblower here, making a disclosure to the United States Congress. Uh, And Mr. Allen, is it your belief that you were retaliated against because you shared an email that questioned the truthfulness of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Yes, sir. And you believed that he wasn't truthful based on testimony he'd given to the United States Senate, isn't that right? Yes, sir. And in that testimony to the Senate, you believe that Christopher Wray indicated that there were no confidential informants and no uh, FBI assets that were present at the Capitol on January 6th that were part of the violent riot. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Please play the video. We're, We're now going to hear from George Hill, who worked at the Boston field office. The SSA in Boston said they were going to a political rally, which is First Amendment protected activity. No, we're not uploading. We're not starting cases on these people. To which they said, well, we're going to call your SAC. And the SSA said, go right ahead. Because when you're pushing back, you know, you want to make sure that you have your your six covered. So the SAC and the ASAC were intimately aware of these kinds of exchanges that were going on. And again, to his credit, um, Joe Bonavolanta said, no, we're not opening up cases on people who went to a rally. And I forgot a key part. The SSA for CT2 said, happy to do it. Show us where they were inside the Capitol and we'll look into it. To which WFO said, we can't show you those videos unless you can tell us the exact time and place 
those individuals were inside the Capitol, to which the SSA responded back. And I was privy to these conversations firsthand. Why can't you show us? Why can't you just send us, give us access to the 11,000 hours of video of this exam that's available? Because there may be, may be, UCs, undercover officers, or CHS's confidential human form, confidential human sources on those videos whose identity we need to protect. So, Mr. Allen, you got retaliated against for the very thing, for saying the very thing that the Washington field office was telling Boston when the Boston field office was saying, we're not going to go and investigate people that just showed up at a rally without sufficient criminal predicate. Uh, the, the Washington field office told Boston, well, you know what? We can't give you the evidence because it might disclose the very CIs and UCs that you are concerned about. But that doesn't surprise you, Mr. O'Boyle, does it? No, sir. And the reason it doesn't surprise you is that in a different part of the country, you saw that same pressure from the Washington field office. And did they ever try to get you to do something that was outside the normal order of law enforcement activity? Yes, sir. And what did the Washington field office try to get you to do that violated the law and regulations? They tried to get me to serve a federal grand jury subpoena when there was no proper predicate to do so. And the reason there was no predicate was because it was based on an anonymous tip, right? That's correct. And time and again, the Washington field office was trying to pressure you without corroboration to go start process on people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And so while I agree that January 6th was a violent day, a bad day, a day that nobody wants to relive, violence on January 6th doesn't justify weaponizing the government against people who were innocent and did nothing wrong. Thank you for blowing the whistle on that. Matt Gates talking with the whistleblowers mm-hmm. yesterday at the uh, the committee uh, hearing, and, and it was just uh, it was riveting to see these heroes. You know, whistleblowers... Uh, these, these guys just don't come in and, and give their testimony and leave. They, to make a decision to be a whistleblower in their situation, they give up essentially their jobs, their careers, their lives. In many cases, it destroys families. Uh, they, they're doing it for the same reason they raised their right hand when they became agents to serve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. These guys aren't, quote, rats, like, uh, you know, in the, the mob. Ah, he squealed on us. No, he's a rat. No, these guys are heroes. These guys are mm-hmm. patriots. These guys are, are seeing the evil, the corruption, and they're trying to get rid of it so that it doesn't destroy our country. You know? True. And uh, it, it's amazing. They did a great job. i got to play one more, Cup Bill. Um, sure. Uh this is, I figured would end the uh, the program with something that was a, a bit up uplifting. Yeah, because uh, I can save what I got that I was going to talk about the media. I can save it for the weekend. Because well, I, yeah, that, that would be good because I got a lot of that, that kind of stuff for the weekend. I got a nice uh, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Ailes interview uh, tomorrow. Uh, she talks about Roger Ailes. Uh, she was on with Eric Bowling. She was terrific. And I was going to play some of it today, but it's just a little too long. And we'll have it in our weekend update. I'll tell you what it is after the show. And everyone's going to go, what? Why can't you? No, no. <laughs> time. Friends, time. This is something which will make you go, huh? Um, you would think that Rush recorded this uh, yesterday. Because he's talking about 
the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, Russia, uh, Rush looks, I'm looking at the video, he looks kind of healthy in it. It must have been just after he found out he was sick. So he still seemed to be okay, but the guy was uh, on the last stretch. But I want you to hear this because it's going to make you think uh, about just how sharp he was and just what happened to our country. Rush Limbaugh, if I can get it to play, which it's not doing right now. Oh, you got to love it. Let's try it again this time, Jim. Press the right button. And while I've, I've mentioned this before, this is not news, it really hit me this week how outrageous, again, this whole investigation is. How unjustified, how unwarranted, how totally misdirected it is. It is more than a hoax. It is... It is something that is so destructive to what's going on in the country today. It is an out-and-out lie. Everything associated with this investigation, including this whole mess that the Russians meddled. The entire meddling, the entire collusion, every bit of working with Russians to affect the outcome of the election in 2016 took place between the Democrat Party, the Democrat National Committee, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and her paid employees, including Fusion GPS and a bunch of corrupt people at the FBI. Donald Trump and his family didn't collude with Russia at all. In fact, the Trump Tower meeting, I wouldn't be surprised if when all of this comes out that that thing was a whole Democrat Party setup. That the whole thing was a setup, like planting the spies in the Trump campaign was a setup. Not to find Russian spying or Russian meddling, but to create some. Amazing. That's Rush Limbaugh. Mm -hmm. Talent on loan from God. I think God was whispering in his ear sometimes. Uh, That was amazing. He hit it right on the mark. Right, And this this wasn't recorded after the Durham report came out. This was recorded uh, maybe th- four years ago, three, yeah. four years ago. Uh, un- I vaguely remember him doing that, so it's a good reminder of uh, everything. You know, and, and uh, it's relevant now because that, and that goes back to the Soros plan. You know, they infiltrate, they plant, and they make up stuff. Well, you hear it enough, it's got to be true, and that's what they do. My daughter made a suggestion. And I think it's magnificent. And I'm going to, uh, this is what she said. You should have, quote, an accountability watch from the Durham report uh, on your show. You should keep tabs every week if anyone's heard anything relating to anyone being held accountable for their actions detailed in the report. What she's saying is, Bill and I, we have our hands full, and sometimes we may miss something. I thought, this is a good idea. This is a way for our audience to get involved, to get involved. Mm-hmm. What you can do, what we'd like you to do if you would, if you see uh, an action or you hear of somebody getting prosecuted or allegations being made about somebody with regard to the Durham report that Bill and I might have missed, 
we'd appreciate you sending us an email. I wonder if there's a way we can make a cheat sheet that they can go and go to the website and, the, you know, the accountability sheet. And it's just a cheat sheet that you can have uh, or get and just kind of print it and keep it there. And when you see something, go over and write it down. And then you can email it to us or whatever. It would be a big help because we have thousands of people listening right now. And um, we can do, we get a lot of stuff. We get most everything. Bill and I are really, we haven't got anything else to do. We're a couple yeah, of, a couple mean, of old, get old guys. To where, <laughs> okay. On the technical side, we do need help. But we need, you know, but we need to get it to a point to where we're right now, we're almost like the left news. We tell you we, we're honest, but what we tell you is what we got. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like it's all inclusive. You don't have to really do a whole lot. But if we got you engaged and got you involved and maybe we got to a point to where we expand our team a little bit, it would be great. You know, we think that we have it. We have all the information here. But many times I'll be listening to another program and somebody will say something and I'll say, how did I miss that? That's the kind of thing that my daughter is talking about. She's saying, you know, if you get the audience involved too, you might even get more stuff, more information. They might bring something out that you may have missed. A lot of it may be redundant and we may get it. You may say, well, I I sent you something, but you didn't use it. And it may be because we did use it on another show. We, We were just on top of it. But it's that one little nugget that we may miss that may be so well, important to our audience. Well, that's why Rush was a talent on loan from God. So maybe what we're asking you to be is be that listener on loan from God to us. Yes. To help us out. I agree 100%. I like that, Bill. Listener on loan from God. I like it. L-O-L-F-G. That's that, a T-shirt. Yeah. Um, our number, if you want to call, you can call it in too, by the way. If you want to uh, say, hey, uh, yeah. did you hear about this? Uh, you can call us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868, okay? Yeah. And we also got mail uh, at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also that mail at crnamerica.com. And uh, you know what? If you've got a suggestion like you, uh, Jim's daughter. daughter, just go ahead and call it in or email it to us. The mail, of course, mail at itsanotherday.com. Give us your thoughts. And that way we can take that and put it to good use. Anyway, we're going to start an accountability watch, accountability watch based upon the Durham report. If you hear about something, you know, someone being charged based upon that report, we'd like to know about it. All right. Let us know. Send us an email or, or call it into our phone number at 833-538-7868. Um, I guess that's it, my friend. Uh, we got a weekend update coming along tomorrow in case you... Uh, can't get enough of us? <laughs> yeah, well, I think they get enough of us. But you know what? The good thing about this show is that uh, we don't hold anything back. Nope. That's true. We don't sit there and uh, fill up time with uh, with barroom trash talk. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're not full of ourselves to where... We're full of something else, but sometimes... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and we're, and we're not going to lie to you or give you fake news. No. If uh we if 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 something's wrong we point it out if something's good we point it out hey we don't want to lose these high paying jobs you know <laughs> wait you you get paid <laughs> no, well i i haven't well, seen a check yet but uh 
you know, thank God for retirement, right? <laughs> oh, geez, man. Yeah, you know, and it's not enough. Oh, by the way, the Fed has said that they're going to. Now, remember, they mm-hmm. raised the rate, and it might raise again. Now they're saying, even with a recession, we're not going to raise the rate. As a matter of fact, rates may go down now in 2023, as everybody else that's heard that report. I'll believe that when yes. I see it. Yes, and horses do have wings. Hey, friends, have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll see you uh, next time. Bye, all you. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?